So welcome to Seniors and the People Who Love Them. I'm Cookie. I'm Binky. And I'm Wendy. Last week, we had Barry Rosenberg on, who is a good friend of ours, and we've known for several years now. And he joined us to talk about his involvement with his Widows and Widowers group. What did y'all think? Oh, it was so informative. And just the idea of having an organization like that available to you must bring a lot of excitement, but a lot of the idea of having a group that can appreciate understanding some of the things that you have gone through in relation to your of the life experiencing life experience of losing a loved one. It was wonderful having him that he was include whole society and give some socialization and how our elderly can join and enjoy. They have been when they were young, they still can do enjoying traveling like he was talking about going to bar, going to restaurant together. Even you don't know anybody. He was so open to welcome that in their uh, group. So that was wonderful that somebody doesn't have a friend. And he said, just call him and he will meet them in a parking lot to uh, welcoming them in their community. So that was wonderful. appreciate that he is, um, the organization itself is, trying to be be more diverse and they are extending the invitations um, to people from all walks of life. So I think that's very good, very relevant. So before we start, we have a disclaimer. Our weekly disclaimer is that we are not physician or lawyer. If you have a medical issue or legal issue, please seek a practitioner or lawyer to give you professional advice. Thank you, Pinky. Today, we're diving into a topic that's all too common, but often overlooked. And I think we've touched on this in a bunch of our different podcasts that we've had. It's all about caregiver burnout. People have always found themselves in the role as caregivers. It can even be more challenging now with the cost of living so high with inflation that we've had recently. Resources are hard to access. And then the isolation of COVID made things even more complicated. So I think this is really at the front of what we see so often is people just doing their best to take care of their loved ones who might be sick or disabled and they're burned out. I see it all the time at work. How about you guys? Not only at work, but I think we all, at least you Wendy and myself, (laughs) I'm not 100% sure about you, Pinky, but um, we've walked that walk as a caregiver, and I can totally feel very much a part of this particular topic, having that experience of being a, a caregiver. One important item is that I was a caregiver and a working caregiver, and that can be more intense sometimes than if you are actually there 24-7. What do you think? It's hard to wear all the hats that we sometimes wear. That is so true. With that, let's start by defining caregiver burnout. What exactly is it and why it is such a prevalent issue? Well, caregiver burnout is a state of physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion that results from the prolonged intense demands of caregiving. It often occurs when caregivers neglect their own needs 
and prioritize the well-being of their loved ones above their own. This chronic stress can lead to feelings of being overwhelmed, feelings of anxiety, and even depression. Absolutely. Giving can be incredibly rewarding, but it also comes with its own set of challenges. What are some signs that a caregiver might be experienced? It's funny, something you said, Cookie, about the caregiver not prioritizing their own well-being. And I think we see that a lot where sometimes the caregiver ends up sicker than the person they're caring for. Exactly. Exactly. Something that I would take care of and follow up with the person that I'm caring for, I ignore in myself because we become so focused on, I've definitely seen that happen in patients that I've been taking care of. There are several signs to watch out for. Caregivers experiencing burnout often feel constantly tired. Even though you may have be getting the sufficient amount of sleep, you still feel tired physically, emotionally, mentally. They may have trouble sleeping, struggle with concentration. They feel a sense of isolation. Sometimes they feel a resentment. They feel trapped into the life that they're leading. And it's not that they don't care about their loved one or they don't have empathy or sympathy. It's just that it becomes too much for any one person. They start to neglect their own self-care. They experience changes in appetite or weight. It's important to note that caregiver burnout is not a sign of weakness. Gosh, I hope no one thinks that. It's a natural response to the tremendous pressure and demands placed on caregivers. I know when you say that it's a sign of weakness, or, or we think that it may be a sign of weakness, and I'm glad you kind of emphasize that it is not but as a woman and I, I'm, I'm not including men because men are caregivers as well but as women's and from a society perspective we're always we're just we've been taught to just do do and be 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 yep. and I think if we had some data some stats I don't know if we're going to talk about that later but we will probably find out that most caregivers are women what do you think Oh, yeah, definitely. I see lots of sons and spouses and fathers taking care of their loved ones, but it is primarily women that we see. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. When I was a teenager, my mom was taking care of my dad's grandmother Mm -hmm. who lived with us. And she was taking care of my brother, who's developmentally disabled. They shared a bedroom with two twin beds right next to each other. And when you're a kid, you don't recognize how unusual that is. I just took it at face value. This is just how our life is. But in hindsight, she was amazing. Like She was doing it. She was doing the darn thing. And you didn't even probably see some of my, those. My grandmother had 25 grandchildren. What? And we didn't get help from any of them except us. <laughs> it just boggles my mind when I look yeah. back on things. And I do know that, and I'm sure we've all seen that when there are several sons and daughters, maybe mom has eight or nine children, I do find, and this is personal, that you may only have one or two that really steps up to the plate. 
everyone's excited in the beginning. They get their assignments and yeah, I'll do Monday and I'll do Wednesday and I'll do Tuesday and I'll do Thursday, whatever. So for the first week, okay, we've got good attendance. We've got people uh, committing to their roles. By week three, ain't happening. Yeah. And that was one of the things that was most annoying to me when I was part of the group of mm -hmm. siblings caring for my mom. I actually was annoyed by what I was seeing. Yeah, it's hard when you're pulling all the weight. It's hard. So that's crucial point. Caregiver often feel guilty about experiencing burnout as if they are something fa somehow failing. How can caregiver overcome this guilt and seek help? Well, it's essential caregivers to understand that burnout is not their fault. Caregiving is a demanding role and it's okay to ask for help. It's important to communicate your needs with family and friends. It's important to seek support from caregiver support groups and consider professional counseling. Self-care is vital. Caregivers must prioritize their own well-being and engage in activities that some, sometime that can bring them joy and relaxation. Something simple like weekend trips somewhere. We have respite groups that will organizations that will help in that particular venue. So you have a family member at home that you're providing care for. You want to go to the beach with your girlfriends or you want to take a little hiatus with your spouse and you feel guilty that you're not that you want to have some fun. So I think that we all have to realize that you're only human. You are entitled to enjoy your life as well. We never know what's going to come our way. We never know what curveballs are going to be thrown at us. But the fact of the matter is that you still are important, not only to the person that you're caring for, you're important to yourself. That's excellent advice. Now let's talk about the impact of caregiving burnout on both the caregiver and the person receiving the care. This is a good point. When a caregiver experiences burnout, it can have a profound impact on their ability to provide that quality care. They may become more irritable, impatient, or even resentful towards the person they're caring for. This can strain the relationship and lead to feelings of guilt. Again, some people feel trapped yeah. because of the burnout. They want out. Caregiver burnout can negatively impact their physical health, increasing the risk of chronic conditions such as heart disease or immune systems. I work in hospice and we have a lot of elderly spouses taking care of their loved ones on hospice and sometimes they're really sick too. It's We need to do a better job in this country of providing support for folks. Yeah. And the support not only the people receiving but mostly you say caregiver because they need a help but they feel like as we discussed guilt fail of taking care of loved one and always feel like i'm not doing enough so it is important that they should look around in their society to get some kind of help as miss cookie said before to get some break go to beach or even a couple of hours of day, go somewhere, go on the mall, not specific doing shopping, just walk around, get away from the environment they've been dealing 
24-7 every day. Yep. Take a walk. Breathe some fresh air. <laughs> that is exactly. excellent choice. Yeah. Because when caregivers are burnt out, they may not be able to provide the same level of attention and care to their loved ones. And this can result in a decline in the quality of care and may lead to the person fairly neglected or abandoned. It's essential to address caregiver burnout to ensure the well-being of both the caregiver and the person receiving care. And the people that are receiving the care, don't be misled by the fact that they're not sensing or feeling that level of frustration, that they're not feeling not hearing just go, oh, hard or just the tone in your voice. All of those things impact how the person that is receiving the care is also feeling. So it, it, we're not talking about everyone that may not really comprehend or conceptualize exactly the, who, the, the caregiver. We're talking about people who may have had these types of um, catastrophic events that makes them have to be cared for. So your brain is going to be working well. And so you can hear the things, you can sense the things, you can see the things. And at some point in time, if you're moving your particular um, person that you're providing care for from one spot to the other, you may become a little, you may be saying some things under your breath. So um, how your caregiving greatly impacts and affects the person that you're providing care to. Absolutely. Now let's discuss some strategy to preventing a managing caregiver burnout. One of the most important strategies is to create a support system. Nobody just knows how to be a caregiver overnight. And they, generally, they don't teach you how to do that. Get the resources that you need. Do your research. Get help. Ask for help. That's the big thing. I know, I'm so guilty of this. I don't want to ask anybody for help. I don't want to put anybody out. I don't want anybody to be in, an imposition on anybody. But that is something that I've learned to do is ask for help when I need it. Reach out to family, friends, community resources. Delegate tasks and responsibilities to lighten the load. If somebody says, is there anything I can do? You're always like, oh, no, no, it's okay. That's what we're programmed to do. I got it. I got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are really programmed to do that. But say, well, could you do this or could you do that? Could you make some phone calls for me? Could you come over and sit while I take a shower? Take people up on, on the offer. For me, like I try not to step on people's toes, but I have been like I had a friend recently and it wasn't a caregiver situation but she was like had two small children was in kind of a yicky situation and I was like I know what I'm good at I'm like pick a Saturday I'm gonna come over I'm gonna help you organize your house we're gonna do this and I would like I didn't give her any options to say no and I just went and did it sometimes you have to be like that with people that are really hesitant to offer your support or uh, usually my love language is I'm going to make you a casserole or something establish a routine that includes regular breaks and time for self-care I think that's a little uh, easier said yeah. than done sometimes it's crucial to set realistic expectations for yourself and acknowledge that you can't do everything alone. You can't do everything perfect. Prioritize for that day. What's the important things for today? And work on those things. If the house is a mess, that can wait. 
if you know some other errands or tasks didn't get done that's okay if you ordered pizza because it was easy that's okay <laughs> and if you can afford professional help or you have the resources to get the help, do it. If you can get counseling, do it. It makes a big difference. If you can get somebody in to clean your house, do it. Take advantage to what resources that you have. And I know that there are some people that would love to help. You have a, a network of people, and it probably isn't a lot, but there are some people who want to help. My personal experience when my spouse was going through his last stage of chemo, some people will automatically volunteer, but others you may have to ask and they may agree. Someone like Pinky, for example, she looks to help. She will find a way to yeah. help. But then others may think, well, you like you said, when you got a cover, well, she seems like she's got it all together, but put it out there. Just ask and, and you will be you'll be surprised at how people will just join in and assist. I'm gonna call people in this podcast out because I remember we had a friend whose husband was very sick and ended up dying and when she described to me what her support network, which includes people here <laughs> did for her. It was amazing. Those are the friends yeah. that you need to have. They're the ones that are going to lay yeah. in traffic for yeah. you. That's absolutely right. Because as you say, Wendy, sometimes you don't give them a choice. You say, okay, that's it. I'm coming today, nine o'clock at your house, and I'm going to be there until 3 p.m. And nine to I don't want to see you go somewhere. I don't care what you do, but you are not taking care of your <laughs> caregiver. And sometimes that's the only choice you have to give because the person you offering help also thinking about you saying, oh, I'm giving he, her work, workload is increased. So they not don't want to ask the help. It's just they are fearing that you are becoming burdened to the other one. So keep that in mind. And Vinny is exactly right. Just say, I'm doing it, no choice given. And that might be the support you need. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love you, Pinky. Oh, we got a little mushy there. Okay, right. well, you know what? <laughs> That's, oh. you. That's what this um, episode That's right. is all about. So I guess we can take a break and be right back. Okay, welcome back. This is the part of our podcast where we're going to review any pertinent news, share some popular medical terminology, and give you some resources to continue your research. You want to start with some medical acronyms? Yeah. Pinky, are you yeah, running out I of that? Do that. <laughs> Let's start. S-A-D, Season Affective Disorder. Right now, I think everybody feeling Season Affective Disorder the way we have last week, rainy weather, because we are ready uh -huh. for sun, and now it's seal. Yeah. I don't like the winter. I'd be very happy to live somewhere like, where it never got I below and you both. That oh is God, like yeah. nirvana. Let's yep. retire in India. You don't have to see. No, in our entire right. winter. I'm ready. THR, total hip replacement, TKR. Total knee replacement, 
ULN, upper limit of normal, XRT, not radiotherapy. Yeah, I knew most I believe in that, I did too. So I looked up some resources in my research for caregivers, www.hhs.gov. That has tons of resources for caregivers. Also, www.caregiving.org. This is a great website, tons of information and links to other places for caregivers. And then it just so happened that I saw this news article and I thought this was really pertinent to what we were talking about. And it's from the AP News, which I feel like I trust mm -hmm. these days, <laughs> not like most of the other news organizations. And it's about a new bill that just passed in Washington State. Washington worker will start paying into the Washington Cares Fund at the start of July, at which point it's like less than 1% of total pay per paycheck will be deducted, which actually seems like a lot. This means an employee making $50,000 will pay $290 per year. Benefits become available in 2026 to those who qualify. What this basically is that we talk about this almost every week, how there just aren't a lot of resources for people. If your loved one needs ex extensive caregiving at home or extensive caregiving in a facility, I mean, basically your only choices are to spend exactly. every dime that you saved for your entire life at, or go on yes. Maryland or go on your state Medicaid program. There's nothing in between unless right. you're extremely wealthy. I mean, a long-term care center can cost you hundreds mm -hmm. of thousands of dollars in just okay. a short span of time. So this is going to provide people with small benefits like benefits will become available in 2026 to those who qualify. People who need help with bathing, dressing, or administration of medication to pay for things such as in-home care, home modifications, such as wheelchair ramps or transportation to the doctor. The fund covers home delivered meals and reimbursement to family caregivers. The lifetime maximum benefit is $36,500, which is not a lot. But this is yes. better than nothing. And sometimes I think this can get yeah. people over a hump. Certainly it's not going to care for somebody for years on end, but this is something that can be provided to families. And I was kind of encouraged that we even see something like this, that a state is finally recognizing this, this real elder care. Me. It's a real crisis in exactly. the United States right now. We are seeing nurses that thought they were going to retire five years ago. Now they have to stay working because of inflation, because of the cost of living, exactly. because of the cost of health insurance. And so they're not available to stay home and take care of exactly. their aging loved ones. It's a real crisis. And I was excited to well, see hope, something. I hope other states um, will take note and maybe we'll see more of this throughout the country. Yeah, yeah I agree. Something has to happen because... I see this every day because we have the company I work for has a residential hospice, which is really novel. And like people are just banging the door down to get in there. And we only have so many beds. And like I see these mm -hmm. really tragic mm -hmm. cases constantly. And it's really worrying. Very troubling. I agree. Well, hopefully, as I say, other states will take note of this. And when we think of when we go out there to vote in these various elections, we may see that on the ballots down the road. We need to be more 
conscious yeah. of the things that we need, particularly in this crisis of health care for our seniors, our seniors, all of us. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. You have a joke yes. for us, Pinky? We do that. An elderly gent was invited to his old friend home for dinner one evening. He was impressed by the way his body presented every request to his with endearing terms, honey, my love. The couple had been married about 70 years and clearly they were still very much loved. While the wife was in the kitchen, the man leaned over the set to the host. I think it's wonderful that after all this year, you still call your wife those loving pet names. The old man hung his head. I have to tell you the truth, he said. I forgot her name about 10 years ago. Ha, ha, ha. ha. That's, a good, that's a good one, Pinky. I feel I'm like you're getting you, better. I'm you calling. We know. Um, Pinky will do stand-up in India. We'll be her supporting audience out there. Okay, right. so that is our show for today. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Please subscribe to our upcoming episodes. We will be releasing new episodes every other Tuesday morning. If you have any questions, feedback, or ideas for future topics, please visit our website, www.seniorscast.com. You can email us at seniors at seniorscast.com. Please give our podcast a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, I'm Pinky. I'm Cookie. And I'm Bye-bye. Wendy. Bye-bye, Bye-bye everybody. Bye.